One year, I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to try trap. I like to trap, I like to make lure, and I like to write. Where can it go from here? I would be able to spend more time in the woods. I was losing money hand over fish trapping, but I didn't care. Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. We got through the furball. This is Northern Michigan. This is what you do. Representing trappers in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will be fun. Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions. Volumes of Perfect and Game magazine. There's structure from Perigo Gorman. Perg Lennon's articles, the Perg Lennon ads. information, trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. All right, everybody listening to me? Develop a system yet because we're ahead of time to build big trapping. If you got very much the same as the you got bogged down. They started talking about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down top. Probably the best part of the country in the world. I don't know, get them better. Trying to set predator traps and trash waders. The back of that beaver looks like it was sheared. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the first shed, this is Trapping Today. I'm Jeremiah Wood. Thank you for listening in, being here today. Great to have you podcast is brought to you by Cots Brothers Lures, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S.com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. They've got traps, snares, full selection of baits and lures, books, DVDs, everything you need to get started on the trap line, CotsBros.com. Also brought to you by OnX Maps, turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. Mark trap locations, record tracks, travel routes, get landowner information, and the latest aerial imagery, along with a lot of new tools they've got uh, over there at Onyx. Get the app, use the promo code TRAP, T-R-A-P, for 20% off of your first purchase at onyxmaps.com. And we're also brought to you by the new Trapping Today store. That's where I am selling uh, my lures, the Mustelid Trapping Today t-shirt, and the Walter Arnold book and the Fur Profit book and anything else that we come up with here over the next several weeks and months. And uh, it's kind of a centralized location where you can find everything that I've got. It's at trappingtodaystore.com. And I just added a few things I wanted to talk with you about. So I'm trying to add products here every so often. I'm kind of maxed out on what I'm going to offer for lures. I did want to add enough so that guys can get a, a little variety of lures if you're looking to get started and you want a place where you can get stuff that I make and really be able to order it quite easily. So if you go, I'm going to go to trappingtodaystore.com here. You can also find the link to it on trappingtoday.com. Uh, real simple. So you have um, the option for the catalog. You have trapping lures, books, and trapping apparel. So apparel is that Trapping Today Mustelid t-shirt, that beautiful piece of art that Philippe has uh, designed for us, and it's got pictures of the prized mustelids of the North American trapper, wolverine, otter, badger, fisher, mink, marten, and weasel. Um, lots of uh, just really cool little images with those guys in their natural habitats. We have a uh, a shipment in from uh, from the I got I got stuff back from the printers. We have extra larges back in stock. Those were out for a few weeks, so you can order XL. Uh, actually, all sizes except 3XL. I got I only got one 3XL and it sold right the day I got it in. So um, we have uh, 2XL all the way down to extra small, which is a great size for uh, the kiddos. If you if you got some kids you want to uh, to give the shirt to, um, you can you can order that for them as well. So those shirts are available. Get yours while they last. Um, we get into um, books. We've got the two books, which are uh, Walter Arnold Main Trapper, Stories from One of the Last Mountain Men. Uh, that's my new book, and uh, it's been very popular, as well as Fur Profit, Trapper's Guide in the Modern Fur Market. That one's a couple years old, and uh, that's only $12. Uh, the Arnold book's 22 but uh, those are those are what we have for offer there. And then lures, we've got the ever-popular long-distance call. It is a very powerful, skunky-type lure with a grease base that's waterproof and freeze-proof and has a number of essential oils 
uh, mixed in as well. Also Predator Plus, which is uh, new this year, the one that I've been testing over the past couple of years. And uh, we actually have two versions of that. We have Predator and Predator Plus. Predator is basically just Predator Plus without the skunk essence. And so that's for, say, like you southern trappers or people that are looking to use this, say, on like an early fox and coyote trapping season where... Um, or even summertime where you don't want a super strong skunky lure. This is uh, a bit more of a milder scent and it's got a wide variety of, of different calling elements to it. Sweetness, that sweet uh, strawberry based, strawberry honey anise uh, lure in a grease basis, waterproof, freeze proof, as well as I have two new ones that I added this week. We have Muskrat Magnet. I know I'm very creative with the names. I was trying to find something that uh, kind of sounded a little catchy and did not uh, sound like anything else on the market. If I'm copying anybody, sorry. Uh, I'm always trying to look around and see what's available, make sure I'm not using somebody else's uh, name on Lure. But basically, Muskrat Magnet is a blend of three different uh, types of scents. Uh, the, these are kind of the three that uh, Kellen Kotz talks about in his lure making stuff um, in, in you know providing a well-balanced lure. It oftentimes works really well if you have uh, an element of each of these three, a musk, a sweet, and a mint. Uh, for water trapping, that, that those combine to make a really good lure. This one contains the musk is ambret, uh, the sweet is sweet flag, and the mint is spearmint, and those are put together uh, in that grease base and really good muskrat attractor. Uh, use a small gob of that at pocket sets or feeding stations, places where uh, you want to call rats. Um, really, really good lure. So check that out, muskrat magnet. And then finally, I have what I call Birch River Beaver Lure. And this is basically a caster based lure with um, a ground beaver caster, is the base. And I've incorporated a couple of ingredients. Uh, I didn't put this on the site, but I'll tell you there um, uh, some asafoetida and uh, castorium to kind of amp up this this uh, calling power of the caster. It brings out uh, brings out the caster a lot better. And the there's a a food element to this lure as well, birch oil, um, hence the name Birch River Beaver Lure. And Birch River is kind of a, a special place for me. Uh, up in this area, so I can I, the name kind of made sense for me. So uh, check that out, Birch River Beaver Lure. Uh, that and the Muskrat Lure are only in pretty limited quantities right now, until I I uh, get a few more ingredients in and start selling a few. I I'll make uh, some more of that. But I'm kind of like phasing, getting out of the lure making phase right now and getting into trapping season. So I'm going to try not to spend too much time. Uh, actually working on lures and instead uh, you know f transition into trapping so I'll fulfill orders um, do all of that but uh, lures there's there's like like the predator predator plus those are really in-depth I've made a bunch of that but it's so in-depth to actually make and it takes time uh, so I'm I'm probably not going to make any more during the trapping season. So I'll sell what I sell, and if I do run out of stock, then that'll be it. Uh, the long distance call, the, the others I can I can make up batches pretty easily. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. I'll probably try to keep those in stock. But that's what I've got for lure. And again, I'm I'm not you you don't see a coyote lure there. Um, I'm not going to market a coyote lure unless and until I have. Uh, high level of confidence uh, that it's it's very effective as a coyote lure. So uh, that includes it takes a lot of testing, um, a lot of catches, and uh, it takes uh, the f most frustrating thing about this uh, lure making is the time involved. It just takes so long to get things the way you want them and and uh, to figure these things out. But that's just kind of part of the game. So I'm working on a bunch of stuff, but but I won't offer anything for sale unless I'm confident in it. So that's where that's at, trappingtodaystore.com. A uh, couple of other things. I want to make, like with the store, I am here and available. Everything in the store comes from me. If you want books signed, I will do that. Just let me know. Happy to do that. I fulfill all the orders. Um, if you can message me uh, through my email address, jrodwood at gmail.com, or through the store, there's a contact form there, and it'll send it to my email. And 
I want you to know that you know I'm a I'm available to answer all of your questions, and I will get back to you in a reasonable fashion, reasonable time frame. I've had a couple of people I've got back to, and they've been uh, pretty happy with how quickly they've heard back from me. So I, I will continue to do my best at that, and I want to. I want you to make sure you know there's somebody behind this store and if you order something, have full confidence that you're going to get it quick and it's what you're looking for. So uh, feel free to reach out to me in, uh, on that. Um, the only caveat is I've had several people want to talk on the phone and this it hurts me to say this because I love to talk to each and every one of you. Time is just such a challenge for me and I had to tell somebody uh, just today that you know, I'd love to, but I just can't, I'm not seeing myself being able to fit that in right now. And the thing with email or text message, uh, I can get back to you uh, pretty quickly and say I've got a five minute window um, in my morning. I get up and then before I get to get to work, I'm drinking a coffee and I'm waking up and I get it, I check my emails uh, or in the evening, after supper, before I go back out to work in the shed or whatever or run traps, whatever it happens to be, I have short, small windows. If I get on the phone, I know what it's like, and I don't stop talking, and a lot of people have a hard time stop talking, and I don't have, I'm just, I don't have the nerve to just cut somebody off and say, I've got to go. I, I just have a hard time doing that. Um, so, it would be an awkward situation where, you know, we could go on for half an hour or 45 minutes, and I realized that I just, uh, I fell way behind on other things that need to get done and including doing this podcast and stuff like that. So, um, it's not that I don't want to talk with you. It's, it's strictly a time management thing. Um, I'm trying to figure out ways to, to deal with that. Uh, one, but if you email, uh, I will get back to you. So that's the beauty of the, the email because, I can do it quickly, I can limit the time, and I can, can answer your questions uh, or your comments or whatever. So I've thought about doing like some sort of a YouTube live chat or something if I can squeeze in uh, an hour or two just to sit down in front of the computer and answer questions like a, I think they call it an ask me anything. So uh, I'm I'm really toying with that. I'm, I'm thinking I'd like to do that. So... Uh, let me know if you think that would, you'd be interested in that. Maybe we can try to set something up there. So trying to find ways to make it all work, but um, but just also trying to be honest and straightforward with you that I, if I talk to everybody, I just I wouldn't be able to, to balance everything uh, going on right now. So hope that works. I uh, hope you order from the store. Check that out. Um, love to see that and and uh, suggestions what you'd like to to see more of on the store. Happy to look into that. Now, moving on, I've got several things I want to talk about. Um, we're going to do something that I'm going to call the Kellen campaign. So we'll do that in just a minute. I've got, uh, I've liked, I'd like to try and start doing something. I'm not sure if, if I'm going to be able to stick with this. But somebody said a while back, like, you should do like a, something like a, you know, like a late night show where you have a segments and different special things that you do every week. And I really can't, I really haven't figured out a way to do that and actually just be able to compress this into the time frame that I have. But that being said, because um, it does require a lot of prep time to do that, I thought about adding just a few things to every episode and we'll see if it catches on. Maybe I'll do it, maybe I won't. But um, what I'm thinking right now is uh, a tip, a shout out, and a book. So a trapping tip or trick, something that I can provide every episode or every couple episodes, a shout out to somebody in the audience or someone in the trapping world that I uh, really like seeing what they're doing uh, and would like to share that with you, and a recommended book in the trapping or outdoor uh, arena that uh, you might be interested in checking out. So uh, we'll try it. I'll do that tonight and then we'll see how it goes moving forward. Also have a couple, one good interview I, uh, with a friend from Alaska that I'm hoping to do this afternoon as I record this podcast. And so it'll be hopefully up sometime in the next couple of weeks if we can get that to work. And another guy that I'm working on and uh, trying to set up an interview for that I think you'd be really excited uh, from a, a Southern trapper who's quite well known. And I, I think you enjoy hearing from him. So I'm excited about that and the potential to squeeze that in if I can 
ever figure this out? Um, you guys, I guess we all have the same problem, right? Time management. That's the most common issue with trapping um, and and with everything in, in life for so many of us these days that are, you know, in my situation with full-time job, uh, wife and kids, and a, uh, a passion for this trapping thing and all kinds of other hobbies. So balancing it is the key without burning out which I've come close to at times, but I'm, I'm doing really well with right now. And, and I hope you all are as well, just learning to manage that and not let things stress you out, but enjoy things um, and, uh, and, and all of that. So trapping season's coming up for me, actually. And one of the things associated with the whole not burning out and balancing and managing time is, of course, we had a, a real challenge this summer with cattle and and had to put way more effort into it than we would on a normal year. And as a result of that and other things, I am foregoing the early fox and coyote trapping season this year. So that's painful for me to say in one uh, in one thread, but at the same time, especially when I hear you guys, I've, ta- I've emailed back and forth with like three of you uh, three or four of you who are getting ready, gearing up for this, and you're getting me so excited. I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. And I'm still going to set some coyote traps uh, here on my property, on the farm, but I'm not going to do the line like the, you know, the couple dozen or 30 or so sets that I had running every day last year for the first 10 days of the season. Uh, I'm going to wait and I'll I'll get back into that heavy next year, but I haven't had time to prep, prep anything uh, to any great degree, so I'm I'm not ready for it, and it was a great weight off my shoulders. Just saying, okay, I'm not gonna do it, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna focus instead on the Martin and Fisher trapping. It's gonna be a good year for Martin and Fisher. I'm really excited about it. I'm gearing up. I'm focusing my effort, energy, and time on that, and kind of transitioning to that. And I'm pumped. I'm really excited about it. So. Uh, also at the same time, I'm going to spend a little more time fall beaver trapping. Haven't decided exactly how much. Um, that's going to depend on a few things. But when I run my Martin line, um, I'm going to work on beaver uh, and and uh, more of the water stuff at the same time. So that's going to be good. I'm, I'm excited about that. And um, there, there are a lot of things that y- you almost have to have some sort of sacrifices. And when I was running the, the coyote line every day, I I was not able to s- spend any time going and setting up beaver lodges and doing all that. So this year I'll get to focus on that. And next year I'll get back to, to coyotes and probably less Martin next year because it'll be, you know, every other year here is a good year. Um, the off year, um, every other year is it is much more difficult situation for catching Martin because of natural abundant foods in the woods. And so uh, we'll we'll focus our efforts on the good years and then transition to coyotes in the off years, something like that, um, something to make everything work. So that that's good for you guys getting ready to, to crank out those coyote sets tomorrow as I record this. I'm looking forward to hearing from you, and I'm excited for you. That's, that's really going to be a lot of fun. We're actually getting pounded with rain here in northern Maine. The summer of no rain, the, the historic drought we had, uh, toughest drought in probably since I think it was since they've been keeping records uh, that we we had the lowest amount of rain from June 1st through the end of August and uh, finally that broke and now we're mother nature is making up for lost time we're just getting pounded with rain the last uh, week um, so it's gonna you guys are gonna have a lot of soggy trap beds and and waterlogged dirt holes to contend with, I, I do wish you the best of luck and uh, uh, catch a bunch of coyotes out there. Now, listener feedback. I had a few emails. Uh, one, I just wanted to highlight a guy from uh, Kansas who ordered from the store and also uh, provided a, a pretty cool background on himself and his desire to go out trapping in Alaska in a couple of years and move out there, actually. So there's several of you guys have have uh, done that and or have talked about doing that so it's always cool to hear about and uh, he had a couple of questions for his Kansas trapping one of them um, I think uh, recommendations on uh, bobcat and coyote trapping books as well as traps and I would say for especially for coyotes um, my best trap recommendation and all these these uh, traps and books I'll 
I'll leave some links in the description of this podcast so you can click on those if you're interested. But the uh, the traps, the MB550 for coyotes to me is an awesome starter trap because it requires little to no modification. It's a, a very good all-around trap. Um, it's very effective and you can use it right out of the box. There's a lot of good... Um, uh, Use of, there's just so many good qualities of this trap. It's heavy duty. It's high quality. Um, and if you're new and starting out and you're only purchasing a few traps, it, you know, it's a pretty high price point, but I think it's worth it, especially if you're only getting half a dozen or a dozen. Um, I would say it's it's well worth the cost of the MB550s and you don't have to spend a bunch of time modifying them and working on them. Um, another trap for uh, that I would like personally for like Bobcat would be a number three Bridger, uh, the number three Dogless Bridger. I think is a good, a really good trap, good, um, good price point and uh, larger jaw spread, which is nice for Bobcat trapping. Just check your state regulations. I don't know what you have in Kansas. Probably you don't have to worry about that there, but. For here, I can't use that here unless I uh, actually can't use a number three dogless at all because of the jaw spread, and it can't really be modified very easily for inside laminations. But uh, that's that's a good one that I would recommend. Uh, you also asked about books. Uh, the coyote book I would get is uh, pretty much a no-brainer. Kellen Kotz's Black Book of Coyote Trapping. It is a newer book. It has all the latest and greatest uh, information on coyote trapping from start to finish. It's really in-depth and thorough, and it's an awesome beginner book. So uh, check the black book out. That's that's the one that I can say. You know, there's other books that go really in-depth and have a lot of great information, but for a starter, I'd say Kellen's book is the one I would go with hands down. And for bobcats, I don't, I'm not really into the bobcat trapping books because we really don't have bobcats here to speak of where I trap. Um, we actually have more links than we have bobcats. However, um, I would I would go with uh, Slim Peterson's bobcat book. And there's a bunch of bobcat trapping books out on the market. I haven't read them all, and I I would eventually like to to be exposed to all of those different books. But Slim is it's pretty much a no-brainer. You know, he's caught he's had 200 bobcats in a season, unbelievably high bobcat numbers. He's a really good trapper, and he's very uh, good educator. He's really, really sharp. And so I'd say Slim Peterson's Bobcat Trapping book would be the one uh, that I would go with. And let me pull that up here, see if I can. It's called uh, Complete Bobcat Trapping Methods by Slim Peterson, Larry Slim Peterson. And you can find that at most of your trapping supply stores. I'll, I'll see if I can find, I'll, I'll put a link up for that one as well. If you're going to get a Bobcat uh, DVD, John Graham's Bobcat Trapping DVD. I remember watching that years ago, and it's a little different than probably what you're running into. You're probably in a lot of farm country in Kansas, but if you're into like some Rimrock country and some Badlands type stuff, John Graham's DVD is really awesome, uh, real informative, and if not, you'll still pick up a lot of information from that. Uh, there's just a never-ending uh, uh, number of different things that you could uh, go with. So that's that's where I would start, and when you get down the rabbit hole, man, you're going to really enjoy it, so uh, stick with it. Okay, now let's go into our test out, testing our, our little segment idea here. Uh, a tip, a shout-out, and a book. And actually, I'm thinking we may add something here. Maybe a tip, a shout-out, a book, and an ask. Uh, I don't know if I'll do that every week, but an ask is something I want you to do. For, for me or for us as a trapping today community because so, I have the ask kind of uh, fits in well with what I want you to do here with the uh, the Kellen what I'm calling the Kellen campaign we're gonna get this done together so uh, let's start out with the the tip we'll do tip shout out book ask TSBA um, the tip of the week or the tip of <laughs> tonight's episode or the tip of whenever I, however often I end up doing this is something that I just picked up here. I was listening to Clint Locklear's uh, Trapping Radio podcast and Jeff Dunlap was interviewing Mark Zagger. This isn't about uh, Zagger. It uh, just so happens that they brought this up during the interview and I thought it was a really uh, big eye-opener. 
Um, have you ever had, and if you don't know Dunlap, he's a, he makes uh, Dunlap lures and he has a, a Facebook trapping group. I haven't, I got to get on that stuff. I really haven't done much in Facebook at all to speak of. That's actually something, a little tangent here. This is going to be a whole episode of tangents, so I apologize. I'm just uh, probably going to fill the episode with, with all these little side things. But uh, I apologize for all you guys that have messaged me on Facebook. Um, I just don't go on there. I actually have a, for the trapping today, I don't know if it's a page or a group even, um, but the whatever it is, the, my trapping today thing on Facebook is... I actually have it set up to where everything I post on trappingtoday.com automatically copies over to Facebook. And so I don't actually go on there and engage. And it, it goes again back to the time issue where you kind of have to pick your spots. And I've picked, I've spent a little more time on YouTube and Instagram and very little time on, almost no time on Facebook. So I just pulled that up the other day as I was getting things uh, ramped up with this, the Trapping Today store. And I noticed a bunch of messages from guys uh, from you know months ago or longer and I apologize for the ones that I did not uh, get back to because I just don't even check that and I don't it doesn't show up in my email or anything I don't uh, I don't get no- notified on that stuff so uh, I apologize for that I don't know if I, maybe I'll try to get on there more often we'll see what we can squeeze in here and what we got to give up to do that but um a lot of people, there's a lot of groups on Facebook in for trapping, and Jeff, I think, runs the biggest one, from what I've been told. I think it's, uh, I don't even know what the what the name of it is, uh, but it, there's there's a huge, he has a huge trapping group on Facebook, and shares a lot of information with trappers, and he's interviewed some of the heavy hitters in the trapping industry, so uh, it, it's been um, pretty cool to hear from him on Clint's podcast. And it, they were talking about an issue that I've had happen to me. Um, and I know if you've done any amount of coyote trapping, you've had this as well. When you make a dirt hole set and the coyote comes in behind the hole, you know, you get your trap kind of in front of the hole, the coyote comes out and digs you out from behind. And I've struggled with that. I've, I've uh, you know, you get a backing and I've gone in and added more to the backing and they just knock the backing over and dig out the hole behind you and I've done a bunch of stuff. The only thing that seems to work is putting the trap on the backside of the hole. Um, but trying to understand what it is that's getting them to go behind the hole instead of the front. And my initial thought was uh, that it's got to be that they see the, the dirt and you're not your trap pattern isn't blended as good or the dirt's a little soft and they notice something different there. Maybe there's a little scent there and they're combing around it and they just don't approach it from the front because they're too nervous. Jeff really threw a curveball when I listened to this. It just hit me. He was like, you know, a large percentage of the time, it's probably not what you think it is. The, probably the reason those coyotes are coming from the backside of the hole, he actually calls them coyotes, <laughs> which is, must be a Michigan thing. But he said a, a large percentage of the time they're coming from the back because that's where they're smelling it from. So, you know, he's done this stuff where he'll put like these smoke bombs out and show where the scent drifts and the direction the wind takes your your lure, the scent of your lure. And it may just be the way you're set up. The prevailing wind is sending that lure smell on the, toward the back side of the hole and they're coming in from that side that's where they smell it from so that's where they're going to approach and it could be just as something as simple as spinning things around and putting your backing uh, in the opposite direction say you're on a road setting your trap on the opposite side of the road which Zagger mentioned so that the prevailing wind is coming to the animal and they're approaching your set from there so so incorporating not just your design of where your set is and how your set is constructed and your backing and everything uh, incorporating the scent, uh, uh, the wind direction, and how that carries scent uh, into your thought process when you're setting those up is a big deal. And I learned a lot from that. I hope you have as well. That is the tip of the week or the podcast episode or the month. Uh, that's the tip. Let's do the shout out. Shout out. I want to give a shout out to Jeremy Miller of Northwoods Fur Company. Jeremy is from Maine. And he's got uh, he got a bunch going on. He has a uh, Instagram page. He's actually uh, I believe he's a forester, 
and he is a trapper and he makes a bunch of items out of fur so he makes mittens and hats and custom garments uh, it buys a little bit of fur and you could find him at uh, you can contact him at northwoodsfur at gmail.com or northwoodsoutdoors.etsy.com he sent me a couple of business cards here and sent me a nice letter a while back that I I forgot to get actually was cleaning out the fur shed and I found it and I uh, had a, a list of a bunch of books um, that he recommended because he bought the Walter Arnold book and he, he also enjoys that old outdoor stuff in the old time stories and everything and uh, he had he had a list of other suggestions I've I have read I believe half of the ones on this list and the other half I need to uh, to get to but that was pretty cool so uh, just a quick shout out to Jeremy if you're looking for some uh, fur items made or uh, or you want to you want to check his stuff out um, Northwoods Fur uh, the book of the week is a book called Men to Match Our Mountains and I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous episode I probably did but it's a book written by Jay Lawson quite a few years back and it is about the old mountain men the kind of the uh, frontier, I don't know if we want to call them frontier uh, or pioneer, let's say the pioneer generation of Wyoming. Uh, the mountains of Wyoming, this is guys that mostly were coming around, uh, migrated to Wyoming from all parts of uh, the, the United States and North America for that matter, and even in some cases overseas, and settled in Wyoming in the early days, like around the turn of the century. And these were the the original guys that the uh, they were the real deal. These were people that grew up in hard times. Uh, they moved to a new place uh, for opportunity. It was frontier days. Uh, the West was open range country early on. Um, they were starting homesteads. They were cowboys. They were ranchers. They were uh, backwoods outfitters and guides. They had dude ranches. They had uh, these outfitting businesses. They built cabins. Most of them trapped fur in the wintertime to make a living for a big part of their income. They would hunt in the backcountry. They'd stay months at a time out there hunting, trapping. Um, just a really cool generation of people. And they left a real strong mark on Wyoming and, and the West. And Jay Lawson was, he was a game warden. He's retired now. I, I think he's still around. And he interviewed a bunch of these people as they were like in their 70s, 80s, and 90s and tried to get to as many of them as he could before they passed away. Just people he ran into in his travels and heard about from other people. And he did this long project over quite a few years where he'd interview these people, tape record it, and then he, over time, he started to do write-ups and put this together into this book. It's called Men to Match Our Mountains, and it's a long book, and there's probably like 30 or 40 of these people featured in the book. And I've actually been reading it to my boys at night before bed. We'll do like one chapter at a time, and it's just so cool. There's so many interesting things about these all these different people that are featured in this. And I don't know, maybe someday... I'll, I'll like read little segments from the book uh, in future podcast episodes or something or something like that. But check that book out if you're interested in in that frontier west era and some of those old school guys. There's a lot of cool stories there. You'll be I was really impressed with it. So that's the book. Now it's time for the ask. What I would like you to do for me, for you, and for the community here. Actually, speaking of community, I've got all kinds of thoughts and ideas someday, finding better ways for us all to connect and stuff. So i um, always looking forward to suggestions with that too. But anyway, this is, so you know Kyle Cotts, and uh, we have heard from Kyle. We've done a bunch of interviews with him on the podcast, talked about fur prices, about hauls trapping uh, in different states uh, all over the country, and uh, lots of lots of adventures there, his lure business and, and all of that. Um, but we haven't heard from the other half of the Cots Bros, uh, and that's Kyle's brother, Kellen. Kellen is uh, more, it seems to be, spend more time on the lure making side of things and uh, doing more lately on the books and videos. So he's got that black book of coyote trapping that I mentioned several times, the flat set fix DVD, and he's he's got the lure and bait making DVDs and books and and all kinds of other things. So um, 
I have I've tried to get Kellen on the show for uh, quite a while now. I've I've been um, hoping to get him on, and and Kyle said, yeah, you know, he's pretty busy. And I I asked Kellen, he said, uh, no, nah, I just got too much going on, and and they've got a lot going. You know, they're really busy this year, and uh, I think the last time I I asked him to get on the show. And he said something about having like 90 something pallets of <laughs> supplies and things to to deal with. So he is uh, pretty swamped. But I thought it might be a little more effective if you guys asked him to get on the show. Um, and so I want you to ask next time you place your order from Cotsbros.com, you always have an opportunity to comment on uh, when you place your order and provide a little bit of input, a lot of you guys say, Hey, found out about you from the trapping today podcast, or thanks for supporting Jeremiah and trapping today. I love that. When you do that, that's awesome. Um, it really goes a long way, um, to, to, uh, help things out here. Um, but I want you to say, I want you on your next order to ask Kyle to come on the show. Tell him you want to hear from him on the trapping today podcast. And if you don't order here in the next week or two, uh, if you maybe you've you've just placed an order recently and so you're not going to order again for a little while, cotsbros at gmail.com, K-A-A-T-Z-B-R-O-S at gmail.com. Kellen will get that directly and he will read it. So uh, send him an email, say, hey, we'd love to have you on the Trapping Today podcast. Um, would be great. We'd want to hear from you and maybe... Uh, maybe some specific things that you'd like to hear him talk about. Send that out. It's again, just takes a second to send that email and let's, let's try to overwhelm Kellen with some, uh, uh, requests to get on the show. And, and at some point it's going to be, there'll, there'll be too much pressure. He's going to have to give in and come on the show. Um, I'd, I'd love to talk with him. So thank you guys. That's the ask for this week. Appreciate it. There's also something real important, um, that at the end of the show uh, with Cots Bros that, that we're going to get into as well. A little more serious note, uh, but another reason to order from Cots Bros and to help out a cause. Now, as usual, I've gone on way too long, so I'm going to just provide a teaser for the next episode because I'm not going to get into it tonight as I intended to do. But the uh, the topic trapping around dogs on public land, that's, uh, that's a big topic, and I want to devote uh, more time to it. So I'm going to save that and, and uh, do that as a full episode next week. And just a little preview, we're going to talk about a number of different things, a number of different, uh, I'm going to call them considerations, things to think about when when you are looking at trapping on public land uh, and, uh, and just kind of things that may impact your decision-making process on where you're going to trap and whether or not you're going to trap certain places. And then we're going to go into the details on uh, the ways that you can trap on public land to minimize conflicts and minimize problems and promote trapping in a positive light, not a negative light. So I have a, kind of a written outline that I'm going to go on with that and and I will, I'll, I'll just kind of go off of that and go on a bunch of different areas and, and talk about different experiences and suggestions and advice that I have there. And another topic that I've mentioned in the past that I'm going to get into at some point is going to be like uh, it's trap selectivity. I actually had uh, it was killing me. I uh, a guy somebody tagged me on Instagram. Now, I've always, I've always been a little confused with the Instagram tagging, um, but I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if the, I think I guess it's a a tactic to get people to read your posts because we're all so full of ourselves, right? So someone tags you on Instagram, like, oh, what are they saying about me? Well, they just added you as a tag so that you'd come and read it, I think. Um, maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the edge of this whole uh, new media um, revolution, and I, I understand some of it, and some of it I'm, I feel like a bit of an outsider at times. But uh, I was tagged on something, and I the, the person is very well-meaning, and they're trying to provide education on different types of traps and just kind of help out being positive for trapping. But they made a statement there and I didn't really know if I should call them out or not on it, but 
they had a little something on the body grip or conibear trap and were showing a picture and talking about what it what it was and what it did and they said these traps are indiscriminate and i thought that was uh potentially a very misleading statement. We need to be careful with our language when we're talking trapping because um, the, the indiscriminate is a word that the anti-trapping community would use to describe a lot of traps. However, that is not... It, indiscriminate is a broad blanket term that does not describe any of these traps. Indiscriminate would mean oh, it'll just catch anything that's in its path. Now, depending on how you set up and what type of body grip trap you use, they're very discriminant. And that's one of the things I'm going to talk about in this next episode is how you can make certain traps discriminant. And we're going to discriminate in a good way. We're not discriminate. We don't discriminate on race or gender or anything else in this podcast, but we discriminate on what animals we are going to catch in certain traps. Um, and, and we have to understand that there are ways that you can... Uh, you can help. It, nothing's going to be 100% effective, um, especially with coyote trapping and dogs. We're going to get into that. But you can. there are ways that you can increase the odds of catching only target species and decrease the odds of catching non-target species. Sometimes these are very subtle things, but these traps can be very discriminant. And so um, I won't cover this completely in next episode, but I do plan to get into in future episodes, ways that you can avoid non-targets in general in, in your trapping, um, uh, on your trap line, depending on what you're looking to do and what your target species are and in the different situations that you're in. So there are ways that and tools that we can use in our arsenal to uh, increase the odds uh, of a positive outcome. And uh, these are these are very important tools to have, and and we need to know about them. I think it's a very important part of trapper education, um, and maybe a good brush up for folks who have have learned a lot of these things. But but uh, sometimes I need a quick reminder on certain things as well. So we'll we'll get into that um, all in due time. There's lots uh, to talk about, and also I just uh, got an email this morning. Um, oh, two things. I, uh, a quick, another quick shout out to Onyx Maps. I had um, a listener from, um, oh, he's going to kill me. It's either New Hampshire or Vermont. I think it's Vermont. And uh, he's he's going out scouting. I'm sorry, Nathan. I, uh, it's, I th- I'm pretty sure it's Vermont. But anyway, he's going to do, oh, um, hang on a second. Nathan, my brain is fried, man. I knew I was going to do that. It's New York. I'm sorry about that. Um, anyway, I, uh, I I had email with several Nathans, and one of them was in Vermont. So I apologize for that, but I'm, I'm on you now. So um, he and his girlfriend have been going out and scouting for martin trapping locations. They picked up some lure, and he's looking for different habitat types and stuff. And we talked about some of those early martin episodes. We talk about habitat. But uh, his girlfriend bought the purchased the uh, Onyx app uh, as part of this scouting and he said like she's very organized and loves to know where she's at and be confident have confidence in trap locations and locations they want to set and stuff and he said it was just a game changer for them so they were able to you know she purchased the app and was using it while they're out scouting and he said uh, they just love it um, it's just so useful in and being able to orient yourself um mark locations, figure out where you're at, um, and, and view the aerial imagery and everything. It just puts everything together, helps you organize, um, uh, much better. So shout out again to Onyx. Um, thanks guys for providing this awesome product. And you guys use that promo code trap for uh, 20% off. If you want to, uh, if you want to do that, um, it, it's, uh, you're going to love it. You're going to use it for much more than you thought you would. And then finally I had an email this morning from uh, a guy from Vermont. That's part of what was confusing me, I think. And he was talking about the uh, letters from anti-trappers um, in in the newspaper. And they've got a lot of that there. They've got quite a few activists there. And uh, trying to figure out how to respond. And so I think a good uh, episode would be uh, responding to the antis. Uh, I, I want to put something together in it I don't have answers. I'd love to have like a, a bulleted list on here's how you respond to the anti-trapping community. 
and I don't have it. And even if I, I don't even know if, if there's, there's really no one size fits all type of response here. And so what I'm going to do there is just kind of rattle off my thought process and the different considerations uh, that I hope will help you guys decide, uh, number one, whether you're going to respond to those things, um, and then what to focus on if you do respond. Uh, what what are certain things that we should be communicating to, not to the anti-community because they're not going to listen to you, um, but just the general public who doesn't really know what's going on and they're just going to read uh, a letter to the editor and they're really swayed, uh, some potentially swayed by what is almost always emotional arguments from the anti-crowd about why they should oppose trapping. And so uh, finding a way to effectively communicate the opposing view on that um, and the pro-wildlife management, pro-trapping, uh, pro-traditional uses uh, of outdoor resources, that's, that's a tough one to communicate effectively. And uh, everything, of course, is dependent on your situation. So that's something that we, uh, something that we need to think about. And I won't provide answers, but I will provide a thought process that I hope will will help you guys. I'm I'm not really the go hard charger, go getter political fighter. Um, I guess some I know some people are. I'll talk about that in in that episode. But I'm just I'm just not a confrontational type, and I'm not. Uh, I've got a lot of reasons that I don't want to put my name out um, as kind of the figurehead for that sort of thing. Actually, a lot of you have um, emailed me and said, hey, why don't you talk about this or why, you know, we need to be pressing for this and you need to communicate this to people. And and uh, I've kind of I've kind of uh, walked a little bit of a fine line for that. And, and that's just part of my individual particular situation and my personality and my thought process and everybody's a little bit different so we can approach this all different ways and uh, you do what works for you um, you do what works for you just uh, just be aware of uh, in the background what I'm does what I'm doing uh, effectively um, provide a spread a positive message about trapping um, and not um, provide a, a negative message or a negative uh, uh, sort of feel for people that are that are looking uh, from the outside. So things to think about. We'll get into that, um, and then uh, from there on, man, it's going to be just straight. I'm I'm getting ready uh, to today. I'm supposed to be getting a bunch of boxes ready, get out of my Martin line, and get prepped for that. So do some more scouting, and and uh, I'm going to be full in on. By then, I'll be full in on uh, the trap line. So uh, we'll have, I'm sure, a lot to talk about then and maybe do some on-the-line stuff uh, while I'm driving home in the long drive from the woods or through the woods and uh, talk about different things that I encounter and learn and, and whatever. Um, as always, jrodwood at gmail.com. Shoot me emails. Um, now let's get into the Cots Bros message of the week. All right, guys. Um, pretty sad news from the Cots Bros headquarters. Uh, Kyle emailed me this this past week. Um, Tom Downing, he was a Cotsboro's employee from 2007 through 2015. Um, September 6th, uh, he died from a car accident. And so um, Kyle is, they're, they're, Kyle and Kellen are putting together this, they're selling this memorial t-shirt for uh, in memory of Tom Downing. And so uh, that basically, if you go to Cotsboro's.com, um, the Got P t-shirt. Uh, that's one of the most popular shirts they got there. It's uh, Cots Brothers Lures in the back and Got P in the on the uh, uh, on the front there. And um, this is a, a special TWD for Tom Downing Memorial t-shirt. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read you the description here. It says, uh, this is a t-shirt fundraiser. Tom Downing worked for Cots Brothers Lures from 2007 through 2015. Tommy was an excellent company man, befriended many customers, attended conventions, and worked hard. Our original Got P t-shirts were his idea. On September 6, 2020, Tommy tragically died in an automobile accident. We're doing a limited edition TWD Got P shirt in his honor. All proceeds from the sale of these shirts will be given to his three kids. Um, so 
Man, uh, it's a it's a tough thing when a young guy with three kids passes away like that. Um, Kyle said they're actually just uh, looking to have him come back and work for him uh, just a, a week or two before he passed. So a uh, crazy situation. Um, but anyway, uh, they're selling these shirts. So if you get on Cotsbros.com, uh, that tee is pretty prominent in, in all of their product listings. You can uh, should be able to find a link to that. And you've got an option for any size T-shirt for uh, – uh, 18 or 15 to 18 bucks and then there's also an option there you can just uh, add a, a five dollar donation uh, to to send to his kids so thanks to Cotsbros for supporting uh, this podcast and for for doing something for for uh, the family of of this young man so it's uh, one of those deals you know happens it's unfortunate um, but let's uh, if if you're gonna make a Cotsbros order it would be great if if you didn't mind clicking getting that into uh, into your order get a pretty awesome t-shirt at the same time you're helping this family out so check that out cotsbros.com guys trapping season is just about here it's here for northern guys if you're down south uh, it's getting closer you're getting excited I know you are um, until next time let's uh, keep on talking trapping keep on thinking trapping catch you on the next episode thanks <laughs>